to watch the world championships of power powerlifting do you yeah i do you have to listen i don't i don't rib you or say anything about you going to watch chelsea's chelsea women's games let me enjoy my sports i mean it's not it's not very woke of you is it to be watching powerlifting how is it how is it unwoke to watch powerlifting <laughs> women compete in powerlifting as well so you say Okay, I'm going to send you the link and it's on a half three and you can watch those. <laughs> I've got, Very I've welcome got to things the to skin, do. The I've got things to do. I don't care. No, you don't. You spent the past half an hour being like, I have to do this thing later on. And Okay, we're going to stop arguing. You're very welcome <laughs> to Panitha Skin, the show about the history of everything told through the history of tattooing. And uh, it, it's a very special uh, edition of the episode. One of the very few episodes that we actually timed correctly to come out on the day it's supposed to. Um, I am Thomas O'Mahony and as always I'm joined by my co-host Dr. Matt Lauder. I love you Tom. I love you too. On this day of love. On this um, day of love. We share the love between and uh, what is the better uh, expression of uh, love than genital tattooing? Yeah. Um, we well I was uh, listening to uh, a, an audiobook which we will link and talk about in a second and it had mention of um, a tattooer not wanting to tattoo someone's uh, penis. And I thought that would make a great episode for Valentine's Day. Um, yeah. So we were really lucky as well to interview um, Berlin-based uh, Spanish-born tattooer Admetric, who um, you will hear in an interview at the end of our chat. Um, so he was in London. He, he makes a specialism of tattooing penises. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, around that conversation, I thought we could talk a bit about some of the some of the history um, of of not just penis tattooing, but also uh, um, vulva tattooing as well. Um, because people, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on underneath people's pants, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it's um, it's interesting because it's come up quite a lot in this show in general, like you know the 80s scene with like Mr. Sebastian in London that there was like so many people who were like very heavily tattooed but if they had their underpants on you wouldn't know um and it's a it's a symbolism of a uh, love um you know a lot of people get you know a heart with a name on their sleeve or these sort of things what's what is more devotional than getting a tattoo on your genitals for the person you love yeah even if that person is yourself yes exactly <laughs> Well, what is, there is no love without self-love. Um, so I guess, like, I don't know, to start off with, and we're, we're not talking about uh, genital modification more broadly, maybe, um, you know, trying to keep it tattoo-themed and fairly short things. We've got the interview with Ad coming up as well. But it's worth mentioning, you know, that, that humans have been messing around with their junks for, you know, about five to 7,000 years um in various ways um the earliest uh lines of 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 evidence for things like circumcision circumcision on uh, on people with penises and um things like infibulation or or excision um what what gets called in the literature female genital 
modification or mutilation uh, also dates back to about 6,000 years ago um, in East Africa. It's difficult to evidentiary uh, to pull out some evidence you know, of these things. Um, you have to look at, for example, carvings. And as um, uh, Dr. Ellen Grunenbaum from Purdue University, who I was listening to you speak about this yesterday, points out that circumcised and uncircumcised penises look the same when erect, more or less. So you can't really tell from a sculpture of an erect penis if it is circumcised. Um, however, mm-hmm. through various lines of evidence, which uh, we haven't got time to go into, but um, yeah, people have been messing around with their genital- genitals for a very long time. Yeah, it's very hard for archaeologists to do hood checks. Yeah, um, you know, it's very, very, very hard indeed um, for all kinds of reasons. But so we're so we're going to talk just really about more recent stuff, um, but, you know, particularly really the period post World War Two, um, particularly when there's a kind of emergent uh, kind of gay scene. Because as you might imagine, um, as we've talked a bit about before in our episode about um, Dr. Samuel Stewart, Phil Sparrow, tattooing uh, uh, on the genitals has been at least more documented in the gay scene. Um, and, you know, at a time when being gay was illegal or certainly kind of, you know, taboo and frowned upon, getting visibly tattooed in a way that marks your sexuality would be potentially even dangerous, career-ending, certainly kind of socially awkward. Um, but in the privacy of your own home, in the privacy of your own underpants, uh, there was nothing to stop you, uh, you know, proudly showing off your your uh, your genital tattooing. So um, let's start off with Sammy. Um, listen, and um, as, as before we get into it, for anyone listening that is interested in the uh, the minutia of how these tattoos are applied, we talk about it in the interview at the end of the episode. So make sure to listen to uh, the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe the first thing, maybe before we actually get Sammy, maybe you should play now that clip from um, Good Time Charlie, Charlie Cartwright. So. Um, Charlie Cartwright, uh, who you're going to hear now, uh, basically one of the inventors, really pioneers of black and gray tattooing, working out of um, a studio called Good Time Charlie's in East LA in the 1960s uh, and 70s, and um, like absolutely pioneering what became known as, as black and gray. Um, in his audiobook, uh, which is available on Bandcamp, um, which again we will link to in the show notes. He talks about one customer coming in with a strange request. I remember once a high roller with a small entourage with him wanted to tattoo on his pecker, and I just declined, saying, I like putting nice art on people. He said, everybody's got a price. I said, bring me a wheelbarrow full of gold, and you'll push it right back to the door. You just met somebody who don't have a price. Piss me off. What do you, what do you, what do you make of that, Tom? I mean, listen, If I, I don't really know why you would uh, bring a full entourage in with you. For your quote-unquote pecker, pecker tattoo, yeah. Uh, was it, I've got a, I've, have you got a price? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> this, this, is a, this is an interesting point in, I think that maybe we should explore a little bit, that like, not every tattoo artist is going to do something like this. Not like, in terms of like the technical application of how to do it, probably not a huge amount of people know how to do it correctly but uh, for uh, morally like you know face tattoos and hand tattoos you know 
the dick is the final frontier. Absolutely. I mean, and Ad talks about that in the interview, as you'll hear. And I, I think... I think one of the reasons, for example, um, the, the two artists we'll be talking about mainly today, um, Sammy and, and Mrs. Sebastian, you know, were were kind of, uh, you know, doing this kind of stuff is because no one else would. And if someone came into your studio and wanted this doing, you'd you'd certainly in London um, get a referral. You know, you get sent to go and see <laughs> go and see Mrs. Sebastian. So that said, right. So not commonly uh, that people did this. However, um, in um, Sam Stewart's uh, book bad boys and tough tattoos um samuel stewart was tattooing um in the uh 1950s in chicago and then in um california um he although most tattooers wouldn't tattoo penises the um index of his book uh under p has um penis comma tattooing of page 40 50 to 51 70 and 132 so there are uh, five pages of tattoo of penis tattoo <laughs> information um, in this like roughly two hundred page book. Um, so I want to read you uh, one of these because I think it's a good um, a good uh, uh, instinct. Right. One afternoon, an ugly, heavy set little man about forty years old came into the shop and looked around. After a bit of uncertainty, he asked me if I would tattoo any place. Such a request always referred to the genital region. I told him there was a minimal price for such jobs. Well, I've had a lot of work on me down here, he said, and made a vague hand movement around his crotch and would like to have some more. He stepped behind the screen and lowered his, his trousers. His whole groin and the regions on each side of his genitals, as well as the lower inner thighs, were covered with tattoos, busts of big-breasted women all looking towards the centre. <laughs> his penis was covered with over 30 small tattoos, stars, flowers, symbols, and along the top of it lay a poorly executed naked girl. I have one little space right here, he said, showing me the underside of his glands at the uh, corona edge near the frenum, quote, where I'd like to have a small flower. That's quite a lot of work you have, I said, with a neutral inflection. Yeah, he said, sure proves I ain't queer, all of them girls. Oh, sure, I said. Lots of fun when you go to the whorehouse, he said. All the girls can't get over it. They lay in their hand and holler. Oh, Flo, come here. I want to show you something. A lot of fun, I said. I got out the slotted bench and laid it, laid him on it and started to apply the small flower tattooing a penis is extraordinarily difficult since the skin has to be taught to get the color in and since the penis is usually flaccid from subconscious fear and because they seem to have a life of its own trying to get back into the belly or wriggle from side to side when the needle approaches i was not paying much attention to his state of tumescence except i noted its growing rigidity all of a sudden he, he gasped and ejaculated it startled me i threw some tissues on him Gee, Phil, he said, guess the old imagination was just working overtime. Well, I said, you might as well relax and enjoy it. After the orgasm, he was no longer interested in having the flower finished, but I went on anyway. It was very painful for him after the ejaculation. He was suffering a great deal, and his embarrassment was total. He mumbled a goodbye as soon as possible after paying me, and I never saw him again. <laughs> Do you know what? Finish the tattoo. <laughs> what a pro. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, 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 it's, it's interesting in that, like, it, it does talk about this intersection between like, you know, genital tattooing and, you know, sex and you know, sexual delight. The two the two aren't necessarily completely overlapping circles, but there is a there there's a strong enough inference between the two. Yeah, and you know, obviously Sammy as a theorist of tattooing in his later life, like did kind of 
having worked with Kinsey and having his own particular kind of sexual predilections towards tattooing, did really think that tattooing was primarily sexual in nature. And of course, for him, it was, and for lots of his customers, it was. And I think, obviously, mm. if you're coming in to get your dick tattooed, and again, Ad talks about this very eloquently, it is going to be something that either you the result for you is sexual, even if you don't find the process sexual, or in, in, in the case of some of uh, Phil Sparrow's clients, and certainly some of Mr. Sebastian's clients, the actual process was deemed erotic and um, we're going to at some point when we can sort the timing out interview the guys from the Schulis Museum the Game Museum in Berlin to talk about um, Albrecht Becker and Becker as well also has a kind of really interesting um, engagement with the you know sexual um, excitement about the act of being tattooed and certainly tattooing his genitals mm. um, but of course you know it's also just kind of it's it's sexy it's cute it's kind of sh- you know you can, even if you're into the process in that way you can show it off i like this quote also from sammy's book um where he talks about a tattooed man um uh this guy called randy who of course he's called randy <laughs> like uh i don't think that pun works in american does it but um so randy no. randy is in the shop uh, and he's there while kinsey is in the shop uh sort of observing um phil sparrow's tattooing um ran uh randy pulled out all the old folklore stories about tattooing I finally said, Randy, Dr. Kinsey here is a scientist. Cut the bullshit and tell him the real story. Randy looked sheepish. Guess you're right, Phil, he said, and after the talk was more realistic. Kinsey asked him questions about the percentage of sexual action tattoos, of which there was very little indeed. Randy exposed all his tattoos and with urging, even gave his memorized and poorly pronounced carnival spiel when he was the tattooed man in circuses and country fairs. He even exposed the small faded butterfly which had been tattooed on his penis 30 years before. Kinsey says this was the first tattoo in such a place he'd seen. Why did you get it on your cock, he asked. Randy laughed, mostly as a gag, he said, because everyone seems to be really interested in that kind of tattoo, and partly for business reasons. They're sure going to remember you and your name if you've got a tattooed dong. Then they tell others and you get more business. <laughs> hey, it's guerrilla marketing. You know, I'm sure it's effective in some way. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what we need to do for advertising the show. Hey, listen, I've listeners already I've get. already got I've already gotten a tattoo because of this show. It's your turn next. <laughs> not not on my penis. Get it on the balls. On the balls. Um no. okay. No. Um <laughs> So, I think that's but that's that's super super great, right? Because you have this really interesting homosociality, right? So tattooing is intensively quite a homosocial practice anyway, like barely clothed men touching each other um intimately um there is something very kind of profound about that and even if it's and it is funny as well as being sexy and delightful and and intimate right um my my barber says to me that you know it's uh, uh, barbers are the only people uh really that you let touch your ears other than your loved ones what about what about your optician oh mm, yeah maybe but your 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 tattooist is probably the only person um other than a loved one uh, or a you know piercer or a gynecologist urologist that you'd let touch your genitals right depending on who you are depending, depending unless you're Matt gone yeah. refer to previous episode <laughs> um so yeah i so it's 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 this kind of thing is is really interesting because it does sort of span these cultural contexts um in the UK, so the 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 tattooer in the UK who we mentioned, Mr. Sebastian, was um much more his his client base was much more focused on on gay men. Sammy tattooed, you know, he was a tattooer to the Hells Angels. 
some of whom, of course, were gay men as well. But, um, you know, Sammy wasn't just a tattooer to the gay community. Mr. Sebastian largely was, really. He worked um, primarily on a gay male client base. And actually, because he was doing tattooing in a way and in places where other tattooers in London would, wouldn't do, not just on the penis, um, but also on the uh, anus, like tattooed people's buttholes. Um, and, you know, that's something that he he did not find the process of tattooing sexually exciting for him as a practitioner. Like he wasn't turned on by tattooing people. Um, but he certainly kind of um, enjoyed uh, the company of tattooed men. Um in his portfolio uh, at the Bishopsgate Institute, and we, we're going to do a whole series about him um, at some point later this year. Uh, but in in his in his uh, portfolio, which is now at the Bishopsgate Institute, on the back of some of the photos of tattooed genitals that he did, um, particularly of tattooed arseholes, he's written things like, um, "This was a beautiful arsehole. I wouldn't have coloured it in black." But it's what the customer wanted, you know. So always a service industry, even when you're tattooing someone's asshole black um and uh which leads us ni- nicely into this clip um in where mrs ba- mr sebastian is being interviewed in the early 1980s uh actually no is it the, yeah i think it is in the early early 1980s um where he uh, uh is being interviewed we think for a student project the the link will be put also in the show notes the, the um, person who, who interviewed him put it on on youtube uh where it's in a uh, 1987 87. So straight out of the gate, um, the interviewer asks him a question. Um, and yeah, you'll you'll hear how, how Mr. Sebastian answers. What is, for most tattooers, quite a kind of reasonable introductory question. But for Mr. Sebastian, gets us to some very strange places very quickly. Could you tell me, first of all, what's the most unusual tattoo that you've ever been asked to do for someone? That is a very difficult a very difficult question. Um, there's a there's a polite answer and there's a slightly cheeky answer. Um, I suppose the, the the most unusual polite one is to put little tiny black dots all over somebody's head that was bald, but they wanted it to look as though it had been shaved, sort of putting a, a five o'clock shadow all over his head. I don't think I'm the first person ever to do that. Um, I have some photographs mm-hmm. of somebody else who's got it, but <clears throat> at that, it was, pre- it was pretty unusual, but it was also rather tedious after a while. Yeah. So what's the cheeky answer? <laughs> well, a um, gentleman appeared who had cut his dick open completely in two halves like a banana split and wanted the inside tattooing. It wasn't really totally successful because it was all scar tissue. Um, Really, it's not every week you're going to get asked to do that. So that, well, that probably was the most unusual one, I should think. Yes, it sounds very unusual to me. Yes, it was. Um, Yeah, I don't know how you feel about that, Tom. From everything that I've learned, about Mr. Sebastian, this sounds like the most him answer. Just like very kind <laughs> of like, oh, what an interesting question. And just like he's got we- such a gorgeous voice. Yeah, and like uh, you could tell he kind of like found in his head. He was like, 
I'm going to answer this as straight as possible because that's the way it's going to freak this guy out. Yeah, I don't know even if he's trying to freak people out because to be f- he he is just a kind of beautifully measured calm man. Um there's quite a lot of footage of him in various documentaries over the years and um he's his voice is also used on a throbbing gristle track. Uh, he has this beautiful mellifluous voice and he is just a very calm man. He was an art teacher before he became a tattooer. But this this and 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 really his portfolio is very, very, very heavily stacked with genital tattooing, like huge amounts, um, as well as genital piercing. He 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 pioneered this um almost specialty of like wings or other th- shapes in the shape of wings, flames or occasionally sort of tribal designs even around the penis, which would reflect and kind of imitate the fertility flying phalluses from Roman mm-hmm. um archaeology where these these winged phalluses were considered to be kind of fertility tokens. Or even the one that um, I spotted when we were going through the archive in the Bishop's Gate, like a full Celtic Pictish-like knot design yeah. down someone's penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would do these basically in, in this genital region in order to, you know, draw attention to it, to make it um, look incredible, but to also have this very, very particular kind of shape. Um, and he became known for that. I mean, his his own um, tattoo of that kind was on the cover of um, Doug Malloy's book, The Art of Pierced Penises. Um, and he became super, super known for these like um, penile wing tattoos. And yeah, did did tons of them. And and really, I think took it very took it very seriously. And they they are some of them are hilarious. You know, there are ones mm-hmm. that are tattooed to look like dragons or lizards there are ones that are tattooed fully in flames there are ones that have other penises tattooed on them which i think is hilarious like what are you getting on your penis a penis yeah yeah very kind of postmodern and meta um some of them he would combine with piercing so there's a great one of him um with a tattooed mat like weight like circus strongman weightlifter guy uh whose barbell is a pierced barbell uh which is super fun um and so clearly it's this mix as you said of like of of sexuality of desire of display uh but also of you know of of, of humor because let's face it penises are funny well mine is i, I've done, I can't, I can't mm. speak for yours but my, my mine's very respectable and serious but um <laughs> genital tattooing it's also not just for penises uh, we should uh give uh, hashtag not just for penises yeah not just for sailors and not just for penises um we should talk yeah. about vulva tattooing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, you know, tattooing um on queer women and on people with uh uh vulvas, vaginas more generally, like is very, very understudied. You know, like that history is much more quiet in general. It's much more hidden away. Uh, obviously, um, the 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 kind of lesbian community in tattoo history is much less uh, uh you know a much less um central part of the storytelling and you know the only tattoo shop i've ever found which actively advertised to um to lesbians for example in the 1970s was run by a guy called larry (laughs) so uh you know of course come down to larry larry's labia tattoo emporium yeah in in uh, new jersey um of all places oh joycey hey it's larry um (laughs) 
but yeah, so so th- those stories are much less well documented. Um, uh, but of course, they they were undoubtedly happening. Um, but so where we find um, documentation of tattooed vulva is uh, basically in the photo albums of tattooers um, with tattooed wives, girlfriends, um, and you know photos that they'd been shared of other people with. Uh, tattoo genitalia so there was a kind of big photo sharing scene uh back into the 1920s and 30s even certainly in the 50s uh and 60s where where images would be shared um many of those would be quite saucy quite pornographic and therefore many of those would feature um naked men naked women and often or not even often occasionally uh those women would sport um would sport tattoo genitalia. Um, the, the the real prominent uh, pioneer for this stuff um, is a woman called Ruth Ulrich from Bielefeld, um, who was um, the wife of a tattooer uh, called Johann uh, Hans Ulrich, tattooing uh, uh, up until the nineteen fifties. Basically, members of um, Rudy and Helder's Tattoo Club of America. Um, but Ruth was a proud member of what she called the Butterfly Club. And Ruth um, had her vulva tattooed uh, with a butterfly. The shape of a vulva lends itself to that design. Um, and in the photo albums of people like uh, Les Scoos, Canadian tattooer Doc Forbes, and people in that circle, in that group of tattooers at the slightly kind of freakier, queerer end of the tattoo scene in the 70s, um, which we talked a bit about with Paul King uh, when we last had him on, and we will get him on to finish that story uh, when he's got time. Um, the, the, the the Butterfly Club, the, the tattooed butterfly genitalia was a real sort of calling card. So, um, yeah, where those, where those stories you know have histories, and you can find lots of tattooed images actually in the internet era and in, in, in pornography from the nineties onwards of, of women and other people with uh, vulvas who have some tattooing on their genital regions. But like the real pioneer of this is certainly as, as far as kind of being proud and sort of out about it as much as you could be was, was Ruth Ulrich and her butterfly club. Um, as a slight side to that, interestingly, uh, back in, um, 2011, um, this kind of art magazine, uh, coming out of like Russia, and the kind of Russian contemporary art scene back then called Garage Magazine, published by this um, oligarch's wife called Dasha Zhukova. Um, she was, I think she was married to, or or at least kind of in a relationship with Roman Abramovich. Anyway, the first issue of that magazine at, on the cover had a um, design done by Damien Hurst uh, of a butterfly tattooed on someone's vulva um, and there was like a sticker on the cover of the magazine that you could kind of peel off and see the fee that see the design so in, re- in reality it was designed by someone else and not damien hurst because damien hurst is a fucking charlatan well that's a, that's the subject for another podcast but i mean that's not out of common out of line with his practice i mean it actually refers that that whole practice of, of getting artists to design tattoos that other tattooists would then design um, goes back to 2004 at least with, in a, with a project um, called uh, Chime Soutine by a gallery in Hackney. Um, anyway, that's a slight diversion. But yeah, th- so even Hearst, you know, 
um, hack or uh, however you think about him, um, was tattooing or was thinking about tattooing butterflies on uh, genitalia. And of course, like, you know, butterflies are a kind of theme that Hearst comes back to quite often. Um, so yeah, it kind of, it kind of works there. Um, it's on a, uh, 23 year old London or then 23 year old Londoner, Shauna Taylor, um, the guardian art critic, uh, one of the guardian art critics at the time, Amy Fleming says, um, this is not just any butterfly. However, this is Damien Hurst's butterfly, um, titled butterfly divided. It's one of a series of tattoos by famous artists, all men, including the Chapman brothers and Coons inked onto volunteers. Hearst canvas is a 23 year old Londoner, Shauna Taylor. The works play on notions of who owns the art and what it's worth while referencing tattooing's popularity, reaching saturation point. Asked why she agreed to the tattoo, Taylor asked, not one single person can ever say they gave birth through a Damien Hurst piece of art. If uh, I can, if I ever give birth. There you go. Absolute fucking hacks. <laughs> like, I, I hate Hurst and Jeff Koons more than I hate Banksy, but uh, that's a story for another time. Jake, Jake Chapman says in his interview about the Inks project, I like the butterfly on the string. Shauna showed her tattoo while wearing a tampon. So um, I think it's this where we go into our interview with... Ad. I think so. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a good little quick overview um, for all you lovers out there. Um, Ad, uh, if you're Ad's in London often, he tattoos at uh, Leather Lane um, and he has a particular style. Uh, tattooing um, penises and yeah I would really really um, recommend if anyone's considering this uh, he's one of the people who I think would be really interesting to get tattooed by um, his work's amazing his approach is really interesting and I hope some of this historical context has helped um, make sense of of what's going on today so yeah um, enjoy the interview hey are you enjoying the show if you really like Beneath the Skin and you want to help support us, you can do so on Patreon. For little as five quid a month, you can help make this show possible, help us buy research materials. So if you like the show and you want to support us, consider kicking us a few quid a month and you'll get everything from bonus episodes to Q&As and you can even vote on what tattoo I'll get when we reach a certain subscriber count. Matt, have you got anything to say? You should really definitely uh, fund the Patreon because tattoo history is massive, right? Deep, wide, complicated. We're covering some big hit topics on the main feed, but on the Patreon subscriber-only feed, we'll be getting into some really more interesting niche, deep topics you don't want to miss out on. And honestly, the chance to kind of decide what Thomas gets on his body is probably just a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Subscribe, chuck us a few quid, don't miss out on the chance to ruin Thomas's body forever. So, yeah, I guess, like, first of all, like, introduce yourself, like, tell us who you are, man. Uh, <laughs> Existentially. <laughs> Existentially, uh, just a human, no? <laughs> uh, yeah, my name is Adria, I'm from Barcelona. Yeah, I was born in 88. A child. 
in very, very basic ways. So I just ordered a machine to <laughs> supply in Barcelona. Yeah. I was living in that time in Menorca, it's this little island in yeah. Barcelona. And I was living there and in my house I didn't have even internet or nothing. So I just ordered it, get it, get it in my house. And I just, without internet, nothing, just trying myself in my legs and has you like seen tattooed people around and thought that's something I want to do or like yeah yeah like that's uh, since I was young yeah like my my father he been he's been working always all his life in jails he's been the like he's been the how you say like the like a warden uh, yeah the boss of like the biggest jail in Spain amazing he's been reforming like rebuilding like jails in Central America where is all these gangs and all this influence and yeah. everything I see in my life is pictures with him <laughs> and inmates and prisoners yeah. and people tattooed. That is the aesthetic that I like to have. Yeah. So, so we, we, we talked to um, Julia Amigo about the history of tattooing in Spain. And of course, like Spanish tattooing is very different to tattooing in other parts in Europe because of the dictatorship. And of course, like Spanish tattooing is much more closely aligned to like criminal and gang tattooing than it is 100%. in France or Germany or Italy or, or Britain, yeah. Yeah, in Spain, uh, mostly the tattoos started in like criminal, for criminal people, more than souvenirs or like yeah. the classic American traditional tattoo yeah. arrived very, very, very late. And what arrived was like the influence of the jail tattoos in France yeah. to Spain and of mostly like immigrants and yeah. yeah. So, so you you bought a machine and then what? Having your friends at school and I, I, I was like I was no not even in school. I was already like twenty five years old, like twenty four years old. Yeah, it was I was I thought I always think that I started late. So yeah, I just got the machine. I did like a couple of things in my legs. Another friend from the island offered himself to do stuff, and slowly I was studying in that time some illustration. Uh, like degree so there I was developing a little bit of style so when I discovered tattoo I just tried to mix it a little bit everything and it started in 2014 2014 and I was gonna ask as well like someone who starts like a little bit later at 25 like what sort of artistic stuff were you doing before then yeah uh, I started graphic design when I was 18 19 in university I did like one year but I spent all that year <laughs> in the bar. I, I listen, I know the, that feeling. In, I did the same. <laughs> in the gardens, just chilling. And I mean, I, the problem is that for me, like from 10 to 20, 19, I played in the maximum like level of water polo. So I, I, oh, I played water polo wow. for, <laughs> I played water polo for 12 years of my life. Like first division, like playing like with national team. Uh, I played around, and that was my only my only thing in my head. I was about to say you spent like nine years just playing Call of Duty. No, <laughs> <laughs> I play some of that now <laughs> since COVID. Yeah, 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 since the since the pandemic that stick me a little bit some Warzone stuff and. So, so you're tattooing now at AKA in Berlin, and um, we were talking a bit before we started recording about John John, um, who, who's founded that shop. How, how did you end up um, at AKA in Berlin? Yeah, I just moved from, from Barcelona. I've been in Barcelona working for four years, and I thought it was time to move to another place. Uh, in that time, I was with a, a, a woman that was living in Berlin, and I thought an opportunity to, to, 
I, I moved for love. First was... <laughs> Classic story, man. Yeah. Uh, I moved for love and after I just... Classic mistake. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just arrived to Berlin for love and I had a studio there that won me from the beginning. And I went there and Philippe from AKA that didn't have... Just after John John passed, uh, sadly, um, Philip took the yeah, the AKA and talking with him, we met a little bit before and we like each other and we just arrived in the studio. I mean, AKA has been known through John uh, and through Philip, I, sp- I suppose, as well for this really quite progressive black work style, um, which we're going to talk about, uh, which is the style you're working in too, like. Uh, were you working in that kind of style before you came to AKA or, or, or did, did did your kind of artistic development kind of ha- happen whilst you were there already? Mm, what happened is that I had already this vision of doing this style of this straight lines or things like that. But everything I did in my life before was in paper and, and with Illustrator. I mean, it really makes sense. You said you trained as a graphic designer and, because your, your work is very graphic. Exactly. So that is what happened. It was a, like a very natural evolution from graphic design to a slowly... At the beginning, was just taking graphic design things and putting yeah. them on the skin. <laughs> but slowly, you understand that tattoo is not that. Yeah. Because computers is one thing, papers is another, skin is another one. And like how actually is something that we've talked about on the show, but like talking to someone with first-hand experience going from being an illustrator to a tattoo artist, how was actually that, you know, transition of learning? You can't just put a digital illustration on the skin. What was that like? Um, Well, at the beginning, if you don't have the, in Spain, the situation with this, the new, the new generation of tattooers and these new styles in, in Spain, when I started, it was not open at all. So I, I, nobody gave me a chance. So I had to just slowly do it like privately. Learning in, on your own. Exactly. Yeah. Very small studio. So I didn't have nobody telling me, you should not do this yeah. in this way or giving me any kind of, nobody giving me any kind of a guide or anything. So it was very slow process. It took me like four years from when I started until I felt that what I was doing, it was a good translation from the graphic design that I started from what I thought it was a good tattoo and something you can print on the skin. And was it hard to find customers who wanted the kind of thing that you were doing as well? The thing is that because it was very graphic and very cute, people was very close to it and very familiar. So in that times, people didn't have the knowledge that I even had yeah. because they don't have tattoos. <laughs> so we are, were saying, you know, like a client that doesn't know about tattoos <laughs> and a tattooer that is tattooing clean. Yeah. Because at the end, the important is that this is a clean tattoo, even whatever you do, no? Like the technique have to be clean. I mean, you say that, man, but like not everyone comes into the industry with that perspective. <laughs> no, that's I true. think one of the things that, you know, for me in my head, like determines or distinguishes AKA, for example, and like your work is it is exactly that, that that cleanliness, that precision of the line, which is so difficult to do. And you're just like, yeah, of course, everyone wants a clean, but like that's quite rare to have a nice cl- sense of clean, unshaded line work. I right? think tattoo as a craft, it needs this vibration right. of like this adrenaline of thinking, like I can fuck it up. Yeah. If I do a tattoo. Yeah that 
I can fuck it up and nobody will notice. I can fuck it up and I can cover up with some way that nobody will notice. You don't have this pressure of working towards the skin. You know what I mean? Like for me, a straight line, if it's not a straight, I'm fucked. The, only, <laughs> the, the other tattooer who I've interviewed and spoken to who said exactly that was Duncan X, who has exactly the same perspective of like doing a straight line in solid black with no shading is the fucking hardest, most stressful, but most beautiful thing to do. That in a circle, yeah. And a circle, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or an infinite. <laughs> but like that transition into like working in Berlin, like Berlin as a city obviously has like both the reputation right now and historically as like being the most open city in Europe. And what is the worst thing you can say to a tattoo artist is like, do whatever you want. What do you want? Like how, as someone who does a very specific style, do you find that the city is kind of in line with what you're doing? Or 100%. Do you- yeah, yeah, yeah. I land in Berlin in the perfect time, in the perfect moment, and with the, yeah, I think so. It's, I, 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 I kind of define my style like a traditional techno <laughs> because it brings you to this, techno vibe and yeah. it's 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 it, i think it's perfect you can yeah. feel it when you're there actually in berlin yeah. So, yeah so that that brings us i guess more straightforward to the thing we want to talk to you today with your genital tattooing which is very something you've become known for um it's something you've advertised in london you know you, uh, you advertise them as thumb tattoos which i think <laughs> is is lovely instagram needs Ex- to exactly <laughs> um but yeah so how did that come about for you i mean i'm interested to talk to you about how, how it fits into the history of this practice but how, how did this become something that you were doing and known for so everything starts in a moment where it was berlin yeah. of course <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> in a place where it's berlin and in a moment where um yeah i felt i was starting researching more again like tattoos and jails and yeah. i discovered that was something very common and I'm, in the same time, a very sexual person. Yeah. Very sexual. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, will, I always wanted to have something there, but never knew what. So I started with four dots. On, on yourself? On myself, yeah. yeah. So just four dots and see how the thing was going. See the feelings, see just... But everything started, yeah, because it's a sexual place. Mm. I'm a sexual person. AKA is a very sexual yeah. studio. Very openly open sexually very, in any way I mean, very explicitly open and, and engaged in the yeah. so again i think it was the yeah. right place the right time and and in the same time that tattoo it had a overdose of tattoo during many years yeah. during 10 years it's been an overdose of tattoo i think yeah. it was a good moment too to discover a new little like niche no i guess mm-hmm. and i think as well like it it has that interesting question of like doing gentle tattoos like one is both very intimate but two is like very explicit explicitly painful as well and it's very interesting you did it on yourself first not, it's not that painful really it's it's incredible like the opposite okay like people like things is not and it heals super fast mm-hmm. like it's a very like elastic skin mm-hmm. and yeah and it's very superficial yeah yeah like the tattoos are very done like very very superficial dot by dot there's no lining yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it's not painful. It's painful because yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucking tattoo. But it's like the, I, I think we're all familiar with 
it's that picture of like the pain chart of tattoos on the body. Yeah. Every time I see it, it's like this thing is the fucking bane of my I life. Mean, you have to know that like all the nerves they yeah, go yeah, inside yeah. but through the gland. Yeah, I mean yeah, everything yeah. is on the gland, focus on the gland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else is just like muscles. Mm-hmm. At the end where it hurts more Speak for yourself, mine's on that muscle. <laughs> 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 mine mine's doing bicep curls. I got a little dumbbell for it. Mine looks like an old pit bull. <laughs> so, did you, what, what way around did the, the client-artist relationship? Because I guess now, now you're advertising it and people are coming to you for it, but did, did it start with other people coming to you and saying, hey, Ad, will you do this? Or were you, from the beginning, going, I want to do this? Who's up for it? No, it was very spontaneous when I posted myself doing it. People offered themselves, and I, I'm a very open person too. So I said, yeah, why not? I mean... Urologists and proctologists, they work in these bars and yeah. every day yeah, and, and body, they make their life. No, part, I mean, right? it's a, yeah, at the end for yeah. me was trying to, I mean, at the end we have to pay our bills, you know, and yeah. no, it's true. And we have to put sometimes in, in these designs I'm doing, there is no style. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just looking to make something beautiful in, yeah. any, in any way. I'm not looking... There is no my ego there, yeah. you know? My ego is in my style. Yeah. There is just... Try to make that part beautiful for anybody, however they want. I think that's such a beautiful way of putting it, man. Like, you know, it's funny. So, um, I was saying, uh, you know, I, I was listening uh, uh, to um, Charlie Cartwright, Good Time Charlie, reading his audiobook recently. And in that, he recounts, you know, someone coming to him and asking for a genital tattoo and, you know, saying, how much would you charge? And Charlie said, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. And the guy said, oh, everyone's got a price. And Charlie said, no, my price is fuck off. Like, out of my shop. Um, and I know for a long time in London, if anyone wanted any genital tattooing, they would refer them to Mr. Sebastian, who was tattooing in Mount Pleasant. Um, hilariously, there's an interview with Mr. Sebastian um, with, a, I think, a student radio journalist who says, you know, uh, what's, the, uh, what's, what's the most painful tattoo? What's the, what's the weirdest tattoo you've ever done on someone? And Mr. Sebastian, with his beautiful voice, says, without missing a beat, uh, I once... Um, Tattoo the inside of someone's penis. <laughs> and you can hear this, you can hear this uh, yeah. interviewer go, um, uh, I wasn't, that's not really what I was prepared for. I, I was not what I was expecting. Mm. Um, but do, do, you, do you find that like people are coming to you for those tattoos because they have wanted it for a long time and uh, yeah. other people haven't done it? Yeah, and 100%. Kind of yeah. 100%. I yeah. have a lot of people that they've been wanting that for a long time. Interesting. And I've been doing a lot, a lot, that this is the first tattoo they have. Really? Oh, I did, that, do you I, know what? That makes 100% sense, but like, say lot. more about that. And, yeah. it's, and it's about, that is how the real penis tattoos started. Where nobody, exactly. Where 100%. nobody had no tattoos and the early tattoo was on the, that's will, a fucking sick I can piece. and will show you photographs of guys in the 80s and 90s who, if you saw them in their underwear, they had no tattoos, but they're completely covered. Penis balls, asshole, 100% covered under their... It's pants. very common Nothing. draw the underwear. Yes, exactly. Make an underwear, exactly. even for women, like the bra, yeah. like yeah. everything yeah. done as a tattoo. Yeah. And after you put the underwear on top, yeah. and you don't see it. Yeah, and that goes... I mean, talking about the, this kind of sexuality, that something goes back to maybe even the 1920s. There are yeah. photographs Circus, in archives. like yeah. beginnings... Yeah. And, 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 you know, we've, we've had uh, Paul King on the podcast before, and he, he, he pointed out that if you were a, a, a gay guy, for example, or a kind of you know, trans person in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 
you couldn't get your ears pierced, so you pierce your dick. Yeah. And getting your dick pierced was less of a deal. Than yeah. Getting your ear and that maybe and it's, it's because so it's less visible. Seeing it. Yeah. Dicks hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I I think it's it's so. I mean, it's all surprising to me, but it is beautiful to hear that that is still something that persists even in Berlin, even in the twenty first century. That people are like, I want to get tattooed. I want, but I just want it to be on there first. But you don't see any like. In the same time, like tattoos in general, exactly. they're all the time flooring yeah. more to the surface of exactly. the body. So the walk it, why? Body why? Because yeah. society doesn't look like what the fuck. Society knows that it's you're a normal person. Yeah, and like it's kind of that thing of it's now gone the full circle where like where it's so much more acceptable to be like very visibly tattooed like this is what's transgressive again it's like back in the 30s or 40s it's like i can't get tattooed anywhere or pierce my ears i'll get my dick pierced or i'll get like genital tattoos and now we're in an era where like you can get your face tattooed hand tattooed and like no one really blinking on well that's a big history like my first tattoo was when i was 16 my father did a consent form Mm-hmm. And I went and got a tattoo when I was 16, yeah, 16 and a half, so something like that, between 16 and 17. Um, but I always wanted to have a earring, yeah. but they didn't want to. But I didn't want to disappoint them. So the first thing I did when I was 18, I pierced my dick. Yeah. Mm. I did a frenum. Mm-hmm. I went to the, fir- the day of my birthday, the 6th of May of mm-hmm. whatever year. <laughs> I went down and pierced my dick. And nobody knew. It was my secret. It was amazing. It was amazing. Well, all my friends knew. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's also like on that, it's kind of this like transgressive act of masculinity as well, in the sense that like, oh, like getting your like ear pierced like isn't masculine, but getting a tattoo is. And then what can you do against that when you can't get your ear pierced? Is you you know pierce your frenulum or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so. I mean, it's. it's my sense about Spanish uh, tattooing in general, right, and Spanish tattoo culture is that it's slightly out of time compared to everywhere else because of the the, the, um, the dictatorship. And actually, the the story you're describing that's happening in the like 2000s is a story that elsewhere in the world was happening in the 60s or the 50s. Uh, or you know, for me, um, I was getting pierced uh, in the like late 90s. And it's it's really kind of exciting and lovely to hear that that desire to kind of do something intimate and private, but but necessary, like is persistent. And 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 you feel, I mean, you know, as you said, Instagram has certain limits on what you can and can't show. But I feel like you're a real Twitter doesn't Twitter Twitter doesn't yeah Twitter doesn't we're not calling it X. (laughs) Um, But you feel like a almost like and this is why I love talking to you. You feel like a tattooer from another or or not even a tattooer, a a kind of. person from another age like this is this is a conversation that i could have had with somebody when i was 19 18 you know 20 like you 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 feel like kind of out of time in a really beautiful and important way like you're the last sort of surviving remnant well i i i I had once a vision that in medieval age so but that's too far (laughs) 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 i don't know if i don't know if in between them it was another one that i didn't visualize yet but Hey, listen, as anyone who's listened to this show would know, you were having these conversations when you were like 19 <laughs> online. This is what I mean. Yeah, exactly. This is what I mean. Like, um, as someone who also, you know, had genital piercings and had genital mods and was, we talked to Sean Porter as well. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, there was a lot of, uh, Sean Porter said to us when he started running, um, 
BME hard, right? In the late nineties, it was old guys getting their dicks pierced. And by the time he finished doing it in the 2010s, it was young guys getting their faces done. Like the kind of like secret, private, intimate genital stuff is actually where, again, to think about the history of the industry, like the tattoo industry changes because people who are doing weird dick stuff get interested in it <laughs> in the 60s and 70s. Like, it's true. But as you said, it's been taboo. No one's really wanted to talk about it openly, although everyone in the industry who knew what they were doing knew what was going on. And you feel you, you feel that this kind of real old soul ad, like you're kind of, you're an interesting tattoo from another era in a way. Like, there's, I can't think of anyone else. Maybe Maybe there are other people that you can name check, but like, you're doing something. I know just... one in Sweden, Toka. Yeah. He does like massive, but very bold, like uh, Scandinavian yeah. patterns. Yeah. Very, very bold and very heavy stuff, like yeah. full black dicks, yeah. full gland, black, full balls, like very heavy stuff. But for me, it's too brutal. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah I wanted something. What I wanted is uh, something elegant beautiful. and yeah, exactly yeah. beautiful. But, but that's what I was going to ask as well as like, I suppose, where are the kind of the outer limits of what you can actually do with, you know, genital tattooing? It's like you said, like fully black balls, fully black dick. Like, it, well, like what, where does it kind of stop with like what you can do and what? I never tried. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I never tried fine line. Mm. I don't know if with a single needle. I don't know. Well, that's, what, that's what Sebastian but, Sebastian did fine line stuff. I think it, like a little number, like letter, mm. like a, a little face of a dragon, like something with fine line. It could look good, but technically, I don't even know how to do it on <laughs> on an arm. You know? Yeah, hey, listen, you know? now, now you can get three black and grey sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> anything bold, throwing lines. Yeah. So who's your who's your average customer? Is it like some someone older, younger, older, older, older? Yeah. Well, it's it's i think it's or very young or like more f than after 40s yeah like 45 50 45 50 or like between 20 25 yeah you very young people too any any really and both like heterosexual people like yeah. homosexual people anything i and people that comes with the boyfriend people that comes with the girlfriend to help them if they need to get hard to put the stencil. There is like kind of a process that, yeah. or some people that need some support. Do you, you presume you have some customers who, for them, the process itself is sexual? Yeah, it yeah. happened. It yeah. happened before some people getting excited. Yeah. First, there is some people that got excited while I was putting the stencil, for example. There is some people that got excited while I was tattooing. Yeah. So that the, that it was flat and soft, and when I started doing it, got hard. Yeah. Because he was excited. Yeah. Even like pre-com, like yeah. pre-com or whatever he calls yeah, yeah. it. You know, like. So yeah, because because Sammy Stewart and Phil Sparrow talks about that that some of his clients would come because the acts of being tattooed was for themselves sexual, whereas for like someone like Sebastian, he would say that for him he was sexually attracted to tattooed guys, but he didn't find the act of tattooing men. Well, sexually many attractive. of them, they think I'm homosexual. Right. And many of them, they come with a vibe of, like, trying, I guess, to flirt or yeah. something. <laughs> no, they, of course. Yeah, I mean, of course, It's yeah. a free wall, no? Yeah. So I, I, I understand or I respect because I did it too. Yeah. <laughs> but not in a professional way or yeah. not in, I don't go that and I do this in the dentist or, 
when they're gonna take me blood. You know, you have an, another attitude. But tattoo again is mixed in society in a, you know in a place where people does is a happy place. People does whatever they want. It's like a kind of a jungle, and yeah. I don't think it's that it's cool because it needs to have the same respect. Yeah. You know. Mm. And like where I suppose where do you then set the boundaries as the tattoo artist when you're doing that process of doing the tattoo? At the moment I didn't have any situation where I had to put boundaries, to be honest. If I if I mean I didn't born yesterday, so I can see from a little bit far away if this is gonna it's it's with a, a bad intention or is without respect. You can carry things on with a funny way or like just, jo- I don't know. You can spend, you can sense which is the, the yeah, vibe yeah, of the yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. And if I don't feel comfortable, of course, I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm not, I'm, everybody have a price, yes, but I'm not a stupid or I'm not, I don't want to feel like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, used, yeah, yeah. no, in yeah. this case. At some point, it's kind of like you sense the way the situation is going and it's like, okay, I'm just checking out now. It's like, I'm not doing anymore. Yeah, I didn't happen at the moment, but it could happen, and I will do it. Of course, if I feel that it's going too far, mm-hmm. of course. It's it's like anybody at, at work. Like The thing is that because you have that thing on your hand, it's the barrier. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the barrier yeah, yeah. is just so thin yeah. that uh, people, some people can have a mistake between one side or the other one. And I understand, and I... Uh, I'm not going, I'm not, I mean, you have to do a lot to piss me off. Yeah, Yeah, and it it creates this interesting question of, like, where is the line in terms of, like, there will be a certain amount of people that, like, the tattooing itself is the sexual experience. It doesn't really matter where it's happening on the body, and specifically people who, like, the genital tattooing is the sexual experience. It's like, where is the difference there between, like, the people who are enjoying it on a place that's more acceptable versus, like, when it's a much more intimate area? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's totally fair. I, I don't know because, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think what I, what I like about your approach as well, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why it's taught to you is because it is obviously like it is taboo and it is kind of edgy but it's you you treat it so seriously and like the work is so beautiful and yeah, as you said but in like, the same time could be a sexual tattoo tattooing in yeah. the inner thigh you know could be a sexual tattoo in the butt could be i mean it could be sexual tattoo anywhere yeah if exactly. you're attracted to the person that you have in front no the the situation is that just keep barriers and any place you will keep them so yeah, I think anything can be sexual and you can find yeah. bad experience or awkward situations yeah, yeah, yeah. in any way, in any way. Yeah. But of course in there, it can happen more yeah. because it's a private place and it's a new place and, and people need to get used to it, I guess. But I think it's something coming and yeah. I think... So I suppose then as a probably a point to wrap up on if someone is listening and they want to get their boyfriend a you know dick tattoo what 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 would you recommend they look up in terms of like here is a beautiful gift for my lover or you are wanting to get a bit of a surprise for your lover and uh, get a fresh dick tattoo for valentine's day that's that's amazing idea i think it's a beautiful idea of course it's not something it's something that you have to test months before talk about the situation like, oh i saw this guy doing dick tattoos what do you think if the person say no that fuck this shit you will not do this present, no? <laughs> but I think it's a best, I think it's a very amazing and very romantic because both they will 
of course, they will not. It's going to be enjoyable because I'm sure yeah. for both will be exciting. Yeah. You know? And I think as well, it's not, <laughs> it's not really a decision you will take lightly in the same way as a lot of people who will get someone's name tattooed on their <laughs> arm or exactly. something. I do that. <laughs> it's a lot harder to cover up, but I feel like, you know, if you're going to do yeah. it, you're going to be serious about yeah. it. Yeah, 100%. Um, you just have one dick. At least you have two arms. <laughs> okay. Tom, what, yeah, what, what, did, you, what did you make of, um, of Ad and that, that chat? I really, really enjoyed talking with him. I really enjoyed it as well. It was kind of, it's very interesting to hear him speak about something that, like, you know, he does like a lot of black work, a lot of what people would consider a kind of a Berlin black work style, which like for a lot of people might be, you know, oh, that's the far extreme of tattooing. But for, you know, those in the know, it's like, well, you know, below the belt is not necessarily extreme in the way you think of it. And I was kind of shocked that he said that it actually isn't as painful as people say it is. Yeah, I think, you know, this is something... um that you you might imagine was very very painful, um, you know. But he he seems he has a very kind and gentle manner as well, and you know it's something that yeah 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 um, that seems he says is you know much much less painful than people imagine, and 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 um, yeah, like it's, it's something which you know he's very proud to be doing, and it's as he says it's part of his own kind of sexual identity, and and it gives him a really particular taste take on. Um, on, on, on what it means to be a tattooer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beneath the Skin. As always, I've been Tom and it's been Matt. We're on the free feed and we just we also have a Patreon. If you enjoy the show and you like episodes like this and you want to hear them early, you want to hear more, you want to support the show for as little as £3 a month, you can do all of that. And if you support at some of the higher tiers, you get some extra bonus stuff um at 10 pounds you get a shout out 15 pounds you get a signed copy of matt's book uh depending on what time you're listening to this this could it could be one book it could be a different book well the, yeah that the, the next book's not coming out for a while so um for the moment painted people but we'll we'll keep people posted um and for anyone listening uh, at the time of release we will be at Brighton Tattoo Convention, booth 109 in the big room um, on the 24th and 25th of February. Come chat to us. We'll have some cool stuff for you to look at, some cool stuff that you might want to buy. And what Brighton's own Sammy Hellride will be tattooing designs out of Jesse Knight's best of book. Hell yeah. Yeah. And so without further ado, to thank the £10 and above tier patrons that is Stephen McCann, Roy Hoxema, Morpheus Ravenna, Chris Block, Charlie Lightning, Bob of Extra, Shit Jesus, Reed Ford, Lupe Calderon, Gar- Garnica, Kirsten Wright, Kathleen Burkhardt, James Schick, and Dylan. And I want to thank you for listening. If you can't support the show, maybe leave us a review, share an episode with your friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.